Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's join together for prayer and ask God's blessings upon us. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for the privilege to come into Your house, and we praise You for the blessing of Your Word. Father God, we thank You for the ability to lift our voices in praise to You. And Lord, Father, we just pray that You would be with us this evening. Lord, that we might praise You, that we might exalt You, that we might uh, rejoice at being together to worship You and to magnify Your holy name. Lord, Father, we pray that you would allow your spirit to speak to our hearts, that we might uh, hear your voice, and Lord, that we might uh, live our life according to your will and desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be tonight. And... uh, with all the things that have been happening uh, lately in our nation, uh, a lot of people are likening it to a second civil war and how uh, our nation is not necessarily uh, split along racial lines, but split uh, along lines of those who would believe that we uh, uh, have a tremendous amount of things that need to be changed in our society and our way of life and those who uh, believe that we're doing uh, things uh, the right way uh, along with needing to maybe uh, make a few changes. Um, in his second inaugural address uh, before the nation on March the 4th, 1865, just a little over a month before he would be assassinated, Abraham Lincoln uttered these words uh, that uh, are immortal today. He says, With malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him, who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. Abraham Lincoln spoke these uh, words at the end of a time in our nation in which there had been a tremendous amount of strife. There had been a rending of our nation in two. And in a time in which our nation was in peril of what to do after the conclusion of this, this uh, uh, battle that saw uh, states within our union uh, separate from uh, the full union and to decide what would be done with them. Would there, uh, some within our nation were calling for... Uh, uh, repar- uh, reparations that were beyond uh, just merely paying for the rebuilding and the reconstruction of our nation. Others were talking about uh, 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 in putting those who fought 
on the Confederacy into uh, prison and to hold them uh, as criminals. Now, there were others who were uh, uh, calling for some very stringent uh, conditions to be placed on the southern states who lost uh, the battle. And Abraham Lincoln's desire was not to do any of that, but simply to reunite the nation, to bring the nation together once again, to unite us as a people, uh, to then march forward and to, to be not only united, but to face the challenges that, uh, that we face as a nation together, not as victor and uh, those who have been um, defeated, but rather as one nation once again. And so uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, said those immortal words relating to uh, with malice towards none and charity toward all. And I feel like... Uh, uh, we need to look at the passage of Scripture that really that Abraham Lincoln drew that, uh, that concept from. If we'll look in uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, I mentioned this morning that in Matthew chapter 5 we see uh, the teaching of Jesus, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, the Sermon on the Mount covers uh, several chapters of Matthew chapter 5. You can also see a... Uh, parallel of that in Luke. Uh, I believe it's Luke chapter 6. You can see a parallel of this passage of Scripture. Uh, But uh, tonight I don't want us to look at the Beatitudes that's at the beginning of uh, His Sermon on the Mount, but rather one of the the high points in which Jesus is trying to, to lift his hearers too. One of the the aspects of his teaching that he's trying to particularly point out. And it's found in verse 43 and following. If you'll look at chapter 5, verse 43, it says, You've heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For it is if ye love them which do uh, that love you, What reward have you? Do you not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? But ye therefore perfect, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. This is what uh, Jesus is trying to drive home. It is a culmination of one of the, the... uh, uh, it's called a chiasm. It's a it's a um, it's a period of a periscope of the scripture that is here in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And what Jesus is saying is, verse. Look at verse forty three. He says, "You've heard that it was said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy." If you uh, go back to Leviticus chapter eighteen, you'll. Uh, read uh, this passage of Scripture that uh, Jesus is referring to, um, we're called upon by God to love our neighbor. 
And this was an attitude that the children of Israel were supposed to have. And Jesus says, this is something that all of us are familiar with. Love your neighbor. Uh, and many of them even included the, the fact that they were to hate our enemies, but uh, uh, Jesus is trying to take that which they are familiar with, a axiom that they were f- well familiar with, love your neighbor, love those who are uh, your countrymen, love those who are next to you, those who are a part of your nation, but hate those who are oppressing you, hate those who are coming against you. It was something that all of them were familiar with. It was, it was an attitude that, uh, that was very familiar with all the, uh, of his hearers at the time. And Jesus is, is uh, setting them up for a dramatic change. He's setting them up for something that, they, uh, that would just blow their socks off, that would just rock them to their foundation. He says, you've all heard uh, the, the teaching that is so familiar to you. You've heard the teaching that the Pharisees uh, probably teach. The, uh, the teachers in the synagogue would all teach this teaching of love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Uh, many of them would, uh, would recite even the, the axiom, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love those who are uh, around you. But they were also familiar with the attitude and the, and the action of hating those uh, who were their enemies. Who were the enemies of Israel at the time in which Jesus was talking? It wasn't the, uh, the uh, Midianites. It wasn't the, uh, the Amalekites. It wasn't uh, all the people that were surrounding them uh, before. Instead, Jesus was te- uh, teaching these uh, Israelites not in that time frame, but in the time frame of uh, being in a, an occupied nation. Israel at the time of Jesus was an uh, occupied nation. Rome was in, in control of Israel. Uh, they were not permitted to do certain things. This is why, uh, of course, we're jumping all the way to the end of the gospel where Jesus is crucified. Uh, This is the reason why they were not able to just drag Jesus out and crucify Him uh, because of breaking uh, some law that, that they saw as a religious law. Uh, they had to get the Roman approval to crucify him uh, because they were living in a time in which Rome ruled uh, Israel. And so uh, Jesus is teaching them uh, this, uh, about this action that they were familiar with. And he's saying, you've heard it said that to love your neighbor, and he's probably uh, pointing to individuals and the person next to him. He said, you know, this is probably something that all of us can do. We can love our neighbors. And all of us are familiar with doing that and and hating our enemies. But he says, uh, and this is where Jesus is about to explode their head. He says, but I'm telling you, instead of loving your neighbors and hating your enemies, he says, he tells them, uh, but I say unto you, verse 44, love your enemies and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, Jesus is sharing this with them and no doubt there were probably some Roman soldiers marching in the distance or there were some Roman soldiers uh, uh, somewhere around 
All of them were aware of the presence of the Roman uh, government. It would be like uh, living in Paris during the Nazi occupation. It would be like Jesus coming to them at that time and say, love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I tell you, love your enemies and pointing to those uh, Nazi soldiers. Love your enemies. Do good to those who despise you and despitefully use you. This was a radical teaching. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. In fact, this is the passage of Scripture that Corey Ten Boone uh, references when she was talking about her attitude towards the, uh, the uh, Nazi soldiers that kept her in the concentration camps. And she uh, even came face to face with one of her captors in the concentration camp years later as she was touring around and, and sharing about her experiences and about her testimony. And she came face to face with a man who had been one of the soldiers that watched over her and her family during the time of, uh, of, of, uh, of being held in a concentration camp. And this particular verse is what she clung to. Jesus tells us to not just simply love those who are easy to love. He says, uh, so he gives, he gives an axiom that they are familiar with. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Then he reverses it in, in such a way that to teach them uh, a teaching of, of an attitude of God. He says, he says, but I say unto you, love your, na- your enemies. Verse 44. That word love there is the, is the word agape. He's saying, I want you to have the kind of attitude towards your enemies, towards those who despise you, towards those who mock you, towards those who are, 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 are just hate you. I want you to have the same attitude that God has towards you when you uh, reject Him, when you uh, were living in sin. He says, it's not enough simply to, to love those who are uh, surrounding you, those who are nice to you, those who are good to you, those who uh, uh, borrow your things and give them back in better condition than they were when you lent it to them or give back to you with interest. He says, it's nothing to do that. Anybody can do that. Even the worst of the people that that are in our society are able to do that because it's easy to love someone that's good to us. It's easy to, to love being around someone that lavishes praise upon you. He says, but it's difficult to love that same person that uh, spits in your face, to love that person who uh, says all kinds of nasty things about you, to love that person that uh, spreads awful uh, rumors about you that you know and they know are untrue. It's hard to love the person who takes your work that you've uh, worked hard on and, and you have done your best and they tear it down and tear it apart so that they can gain an advantage. It's hard to love that person. But Jesus says to do that is to love with the same kind of love that God has for you. He says, 
to do that, to love them in that way, verse 45, is to be the children of the Father which is in heaven. To have that kind of love is to have the same... And Jesus uses His words specifically in this situation to render to us what His heart is expressing to us. He says to, to love your enemy, to love those who despise you and despitefully uh, use you, to love them is to make you a child of the Father. He's saying when you love them in that way you're loving like God loves and you are being in the image of the Father. It says you're not... It's not like you're becoming God, but He says it's like a child that becomes like His Father, that begins to take on the attributes of His Father, begins to wear His hair parted on the same way, or learns how to shave by watching His Father, or ties His tie the same way His Father ties it, or begins to have the same kind of speech pattern that His Father has. Why do you do that? Because you are like your Father. You are like... uh, your father and you begin to imitate your father and what Jesus is trying to say is is that when you love those who hate you when you love those who are mean to you when you love those who are uh, who spit in your face who uh, despise you and and do all kinds of things and evil things against you you are having the same kind of love that God has for us when we do the same thing to him and we're being like God We're taking on His characteristics. We're imitating God in that we're taking on His characteristics and being like Him. And Jesus says that's what we're... We're to strive to do that, not just simply to love our neighbors that are good to us, those people that that invite us over for a Christmas dinner that that are good to us and and bring us... uh, you know, flowers on, on uh, our birthday. We're to be good to those people that, that are evil towards us because, we're, uh, because God is good to us when we do evil towards Him. He says, For God makes His Son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. This is a, an example of why... Uh, uh, of the love of God. It is an example of, of why we're to love those who are evil and, and bad towards us. He says, look, God treats those who follow after Him and do right and do just the same way He treats those who uh, are evil and are sinning against Him and are doing all kinds of things against His desire. God treats both the same. He loves those who are good towards uh, God and worship Him, and He loves those who continue to run away from Him. God loves us who call Him our, our Savior, our God, our Lord, who worship Him just as much as He loves uh, uh, the heathen uh, in the remote part of the world that, that worships a rock. He loves us both. And of course we know the, the greatest example of that is, is in Jesus Himself going to the cross for not just us who, who accept Him as Lord and Savior, but uh, Jesus went to the cross for those who reject Him as well. 
He says, God uh, loves those uh, whom love Him as well as those who are evil. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. He doesn't reserve His blessings for just those people who do right and do good. The world wants us to believe that in this Zen approach of life that if you do good, then God's going to be good to you. If you live your life the right way, then God's going to bless you. If you do bad and you do wrong, then God's going to punish you and God's going to take away everything that's good for you. No. Jesus says God's blesses those who are good as well as those who are bad. God is is just and right to those who live righteously as well as those who are unjust. The world can't understand that. The world can't contemplate that. The world wants to take uh, 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 a... uh, What do you call it? The the, uh, uh, axiom of uh, you get what you uh, put into life or you... Uh, uh, the karma aspect of if you uh, do good, then you're going to get good things happen to you. God's not that way. God is good to those who are evil. God is good to those who are just. God desires that all would love Him, but He gives us the free will to choose. He says He get, He then not only gives us an example of of the fact that that we're to be good as God is good, because God uh, is good to those who are evil as well as those who are good. And if God is that way, we should be that way. He then uh, then puts an, an exa- a, a further explanation of that. He says in verse forty six. He says, "For if you love those who are who love you, what reward do you have? You're, it's easy to love those who love you." He says, "Aren't even the the tax collectors, the publicans, those who are considered to be uh, evil uh, or?" Uh, uh, sinful. Aren't, aren't you as good as they are? Don't, don't even they do that? And he says, he gives another example. He says, if you salute, salute your brethren, only uh, what do you do more than others? Aren't even the publicans able to do that? So he has two examples of the, of the world acting in, in the way in which the, uh, the first axiom uh, constitutes. He says, look, if you only act the way of being loving your neighbor and doing good to those who do good to you, you're not any better than uh, the people that you consider sinners. The people that you ostracize yourself from, the sinners and the, and the prostitutes, they do that. Jesus says, look, if you're unable to do any better than that, you're not any better than they are. Jesus wants us to, uh, to live our lives as uh, in a in a, a greater standard with a, a higher standard, Jesus throughout the Sermon on the Mount uh, takes an axiom that they all live by and that they all understand and know, and elevates it even further. He says that he brings that to a culmination in verse forty-eight. He says, "Be therefore perfect." Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, there are passages of Scripture where it says, Be holy as, even as uh, the Father is holy. Same, same uh, 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 attitude here. Jesus is saying, uh, 
strive for a life like God would have us to live. I've heard so many times, even deacons come up to me and say, well, look, none of us are perfect. We can't live a perfect life. As if we're to, to go ahead, oh, okay, it's all right to, uh, to allow for this sin, sinful attitude, this sinful behavior, because none of us are perfect. It's all right to have this uh, sinful action in our life because, hey, none of us are perfect. This is basically saying, well, we might as well speed because everybody else is speeding. We might as well uh, dress this way and act this way and, and go out and party like everybody else because everybody else is partying too. We might as well go ahead and, and uh, steal, uh, cheat on our taxes and, and uh, steal from our government, do wrong, because everybody else does it. Oh, don't, don't report to the cashier when she makes a mistake at the grocery store or at the restaurant and charges you too little for what you paid for or uh, gives you an item that you didn't pay for. Don't, don't worry about that because everybody does that. Nobody, nobody really uh, cares that they're making so much profit on us. It's all right. Don't, don't worry about that. No, Jesus says we're to be perfect. We're to strive for perfection. We're to strive to have the kind of life that is exemplary. We're to strive to have the kind of life that is like uh, Christ, that is like unto God, to have the same attitude of love towards others that God has for us. We're to have that and strive for His perfection. What God, uh, every, all of us here can agree that, that God is without sin, right? Y'all are still with me, okay. All right. Didn't know if you were on a different channel. Okay. God is, God is perfect. God is, is without sin. So God is, has a standard that is higher than our standard, right? Again, nod your head. Okay. Uh, not the kind of nodding of falling asleep, but nodding because you agree. Okay, so God is uh, without sin. God is above our ways and is perfect because He is God. So what Jesus is saying: strive to live that way. Strive to strive to be perfect. Or you say, "Well, I can't be perfect. I'm I'm human." Well, strive to be that way anyway. Strive to. Uh, uh, we as Christians ought to strive to not have sin in our life. We don't just simply ask Jesus for forgiveness because he get, His grace abounds beyond our, our need. God's grace uh, is greater than all of our sins. God's grace, is, uh, when we, our sin abounds, God's grace abounds even more. Yes, all of us are familiar with that. So some people would say, okay, well, that means I can do whatever I want to. I can go out and live like a heathen. I can do whatever I want to. Uh, go uh, out on Saturday night and get drunk and, and party with all the other people that, that are heathens and then come in church and, and live like a, a saint on Sunday. Sunday. No, Jesus is saying, God is our Father. We're to strive to be like our God, uh, our Heavenly Father. We're to strive to be like Him. We're to strive and live a kind of life that is an example of the life that God has shown us. 
we're to do this to be a light. Remember the old uh, uh, Sunday school song, This Little Light of Mine? You can't sing it without putting your finger up, can you? You can't. It's hard to do that because it's so much a part of singing it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Where are we going to shine it? All over the world till Jesus comes, right? I'm going to let it shine. Shine, all, uh, shine until Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Why? How do we do that? Well, we do that by loving our enemies instead of hating them. It's easy to hate our enemies because they're being mean to us because they are our enemies. They're doing all these bad things. But Jesus says, instead, we're to love them. We're to, when, when they're ugly to you and when they say bad things about you and they make fun of you because you're Christian, love them anyway because God loves them. When, when they're mean to you and don't want to speak to you and, the, and, and they uh, uh, despise you because of the fact that you're a Christian, Jesus says love them anyway because God loves them. When there's people that are rioting in the streets and, and saying that they're being oppressed and, and they're destroying property and they're, uh, they're uh, uh, doing all kinds of bad things, we're to love them anyway. Because guess what? God loves them too. When, when they're saying all kinds of evil things about us and they're, uh, they're out there saying lies and, and there's people out there that are doing uh, wrong and they're uh, claiming that they have right and justice to do it, we're not to hate them, we're to love them. And guess what? That love will cut through the hate. That love will be an expression of what God's love is for them. Because guess what? God loves them too. They're misguided. They may be wrong. They may be doing evil. They may be so very criminal in their actions. But God says love them. Because God loves them. And you know, back when we had 9-11 and the, there were people on the internet that were showing videos of people, of chopping people's heads off. As despicable and disgusting as that was, God calls for us to love them too. Because He loves them. He doesn't love what they're doing. He doesn't agree with what they're doing. But He loves them. And He sent Jesus to the cross for them just as much as He sent Jesus to the cross for me and you. God's love is not segregated to people just like you and me. His love is there for people that are so different from us that we can barely conceive it. His love is there for people that are down the street that look different from us. But they're just like us. They may be lost in sin, but we were lost in sin at one time. They may be despising God and cursing God, but at one time we were doing the same thing before we had Jesus in our heart. 
We're to love them and express the love of Jesus Christ to them. Jesus says you are to be a light in this world by loving them and expressing the love of God to them. Because to do otherwise, says even the greatest sinners are able to do that. People that you cast out because they're tax collectors, they're able to do that. People that you would never sit with or enter into their home. This is what Jesus is saying to to the upstanding uh, Israelites that would never be seen in the home of a tax collector because look, we know that because they came and, and, and uh, chided Jesus for the fact that, and His disciples saying, look, your you're, uh, you're rabbi's going in and eating with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. They derided, uh, they, they held in contempt the tax collectors. Jesus said, look, if you only love people that are good to you, that you're no better than they are. Guess what? Jesus loved them anyway. We're called to be like God, to be perfect, to love in the kind of love that says, I love you in spite of what you do, to dissuade that love. Jesus says, love them in spite of the fact that they curse you and, and say all kinds of evil things about you. Love them anyway. Jesus says, love them in spite of the fact that they shake their fist in your face and say they hate you. Because when we were sinning against God and did not have Jesus into our, in our life, that's exactly what we were doing to God when we sinned against Him. And He loved us in spite of it. And we're to love others the same way to love them in such a way that expresses the love of God so that they will come and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior as well. So that we might be a, an imitator of Christ, an imitator of God, to be like Him. He says to us, be perfect. Live like God. Live in the same way that God would live. Because He is perfect. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You would help us to love those who are in this world that despise us. To love those who are saying all kinds of evil against us. Help us, to Lord, to love those who reject us and reject the love of God. Help us to be a light in this world. Assault that preserves this world and brings about those who are without Christ into the family of God. Lord, lead us to be an example in this world, to love one another, to have malice toward none, but charity toward all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.